With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. AP News, I'm Jackie Quinn. California has become the first state in the nation to mandate that teachers and school staff be vaccinated for COVID-19 or face weekly testing. The governor made the announcement today as schools begin reopening for the fall semester. We think this is the right thing to do. And we think this is a sustainable way to keeping our schools open. In Oregon, a surge in COVID cases has the governor requiring indoor mask wearing again for everyone. Yesterday, we had over 2,300 cases reported, the highest number since the virus first landed in Oregon. Hospitalizations are also at a record high. The White House is calling on OPEC to restore fuel supplies, hoping to help lower gasoline costs. President Biden. We've seen the price that oil companies pay for a barrel of oil begin to fall. But the cost of gasoline is at the pump for more American people hasn't fallen. That's not what you'd expect in a competitive market. New data from the Census Bureau due out tomorrow will show a dramatic shift in demographics over the past decade. Dozens of counties across 18 states, largely in the South, are expected to be less than 50% white, although no one racial or ethnic group has the majority. The white population is expected to shrink for the first time in census history. Tropical Storm Fred has made landfall in the Dominican Republic with warnings of dangerous flooding and mudslides. Florida could see heavy rains by the weekend. Jeopardy's announcing its new host, and there are two. Here's our Margie Zeroletta with details. Jeopardy executive producer Mike Richards and actor Mayim Bialik will split the hosting duties. Richards will host the daily syndicated show. Bialik will host the primetime and spinoff series. The Dow gained 220 points today. The NASDAQ ended lower. This is AP News. When the forgotten poor are in need of healing, they wait for a ship unlike any other. Mercy Ships, a floating hospital staffed by volunteers, heroes of mercy who donate their time to save lives. Every human has the right to have a place at the table of the human race. If you could just see the smiles that you get when lives have been changed, then it would make it all worth it. To learn more about Heroes of Mercy, go to mercyships.org. According to research, 82% of people remember radio ads. So, 82% of you listening will remember that this is an ad for ZipRecruiter. 
82% of you will note that if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter finds qualified people for your job. In fact, 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And 82% of you will remember that you can try ZipRecruiter for free. But you have to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Yes, free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Sterling Enterprises in Redlands reminds listeners that our law enforcement personnel are instrumental in preserving our nation's founding principles of liberty, justice, and the rule of law. The staff at Sterling Enterprises encourages our community to reject any assault on the men and women of law enforcement. Let's keep the blue in the red, white, and blue. That message of community support is courtesy of Sterling Enterprises in Redlands, where they are saluting all of the men and women serving in our police departments. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want Viagra at the lowest prices. Never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 800-357-1583 today to save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 800-357-1583 to take your call now. Call 800-357-1583. That's 800-357-1583. Again, 800-357-1583. It's okay if you're wondering how the COVID-19 vaccine got here so fast. It was record time after all. And when you're ready, here's your answer. No steps were skipped. No shortcuts were taken. Years of research and determination paid off. Let's get you there. Let's get to immunity. Learn more at vaccinateall58.com or call 833-422-4255. Brought to you by the California Department of Public Health. K C A A. And now it's time for a brand new show on KCAA, The Uncommon Sense Democrat, with your host, Eric Bauman, a show about politics and contemporary issues. And now, here's Eric Bauman. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I hope some of you got to uh, join Mark Westwood in my special coverage yesterday afternoon of the breaking news uh, where we talked about the resignation of uh, New York Governor Cuomo and we talked about the passage of um, the uh, uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill. We'll be talking more about those things in a bit. And today is another two-hour show, uh, which I will probably be doing every week, at least through the recall election now. Um, So we've got a packed show. Uh, First hour we'll be spending with uh, political consultant and author Larry Levine and Democratic pollster Gene Bregman. Second hour I'll save for later to introduce. But a little bit of of COVID news um, first. And I don't know where to start. Um, I, I guess the thing is, the Delta variant is really playing havoc with our country, with our state, um, and most importantly with our people. 
and even more importantly, with our kids. And uh, people didn't realize it. You know, I said before that Florida, Texas, Missouri, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Arkansas, which are responsible for 25% of our population, are responsible for well more than 50% of our um, uh, new cases. And the thing that's interesting is, of course, every one of those states voted for Trump. And every one of those states is in the lowest tier of the number of people who are vaccinated in uh, in those states or in the nation. Um, but what's worrying me is that now for the first time, children represent more than 15% of all cases for over a week. And the number of kids in hospitals has soared. In Florida and Texas, where you have two governors who refuse to allow mask mandates or vaccination requirements um, for the schools. Every pediatric ICU in both states is full to the max with kids with COVID. And these two governors continue to play politics with children's lives and with people's lives. And um, the school districts are revolting. Um, The parents are some parents are revolting, the other parents are revolting, but it's a different kind of revolting, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, but to give you an idea, just in uh, just in Florida, 200 kids were admitted to hospitals every day over the last week. In Orlando, they're overflowing with kids, and the um, medical directors of the hospitals in Orlando got together and held a press conference, they talked about the fact they don't know what they're going to do when the usual school time uh, um, school time waves of respiratory illness occur because they're not going to have beds to put them in. Bottom line is we now seem to have confirmed, at least to a degree, that, that people who are fully vaccinated may transmit the virus Here's the bottom line. If you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated, even with the Delta variant, virus variant, I'm sorry, you're 99.9% likely not to end up in the hospital or in the intensive care unit. That may be slipping a little bit, but not, not as far as the intensive care unit is concerned. So please go and get vaccinated. Please, when you're in a public space indoors, wear, <clears throat> wear your mask, wash your hands, Keep socially distant from people that you don't know. The whole idea is for us to limit the spread of these infections. Dr. Schaffner, who's very well known from Vanderbilt University, said the unvaccinated are the big highway of transmission. We've got to remember that and watch out um, for that. And to give you an idea of the effect that um, this is all having, uh, two very, very different political opposites have had a change of heart about mandating masks and vaccinations. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who's one of the most conservative Republicans serving as a governor in America, signed in a mandate ban over six months ago. He's now changed his mind, and in fact, 
He's running. He's going up and down the state of Arkansas, begging people to wear their masks and get their vaccines. And the president of the American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, who is far to the other extreme because she's far left, she's very, very progressive, changed her tune about mandatory vaccinations for teachers, which the American Federation of Teachers had opposed until now, and now is saying it's an appropriate time. And I'll end with two last factoids that I think are important for you to know. Today, California became the first state in the nation to mandate teacher and school staff have vaccines or submit to weekly testing. First state in the nation. Governor Newsom announced it this morning. And to give you an idea of the impact locally, I don't have the equivalent numbers in the same way in San Bernardino, but in Riverside, since July 26th, the number of people in the hospital with COVID-19 has more than doubled. On July 26th in Riverside County, there were 222 people in all the hospitals with COVID. And today, there are 437. So please, if you're not vaccinated, please, please, please save your own life. Save somebody else's life. Get your vaccine. And wear your mask when you're in, in public spaces, indoors. Protect yourself and protect others. So with that, um, I will turn to Larry Levine, political consultant and author Larry Levine and political pollster Gene Bregman. And we're going to talk about first, I guess, the recall. And I guess I'll start this way. Um, Governor Newsom had been coasting, um, not seeing any serious problems, not really engaging directly with uh, people, and then all of a sudden the polls, all different kind of polls, start to show him slipping. And instead of him being eight, ten points ahead, some of them were, he was three points ahead, some of them were tied. And now there's even one poll, although it's Gene, I'll let you speak to it, the Survey USA poll, I'm not a big fan, actually shows him down six or seven points. Um, bottom line is there's no time to waste. The election, the recall election, is on September 14th. The ballots are out. They will be in people's hands within days. And um, Newsom and his supporters need to connect directly. They need to get out there and talk about it. And I guess the place I'll start on this, Larry, you wrote a recent piece which um, has gotten a lot of circulation and recirculation about um, how the governor probably should be modifying his campaign. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? You know, it's a... Old, old, old uh, truism in campaign business that elections are determined as much by who doesn't vote as they are by who votes. And that has never been more true than what we're looking at right now. You're looking at a, a motivated Republican turnout. The Republican voters in California who know they cannot win a statewide regular election 
have this opportunity to stick a stick in the spokes of the process and really gum things up because they're so highly motivated. We're going to get probably a 70 to 80 percent turnout among Republicans in California because they don't have to do anything. They get the mail, the ballot, the mail. They just have to vote to recall the governor and pick who they want to vote for to replace him and stick it in the post office or a drop box. Democrats are far more sanguine about this. All the polling is showing that Democrats are yawning through this whole thing. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And the piece I wrote was that, that the, the campaign, the anti-recall campaign, is just off on the wrong track. The TV commercials they're running, the radio commercials they're running, are all intended to convert the, anti, the, uh, the pro-recall people to try to make them be reasonable. They're doing nothing to motivate the anti-recall people to vote. Uh, and every time they run one of those spots, you saw them during the Olympics, uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren telling people that this thing costs too much. Well, you know what? The time for the cost too much argument is gone, and Elizabeth Warren is a lightning rod to the very people who are going to vote to recall Gavin Newsom. The other spot they, they did during the Olympics was featuring the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. But everybody knows about that. You're not going to motivate a single Democrat to go out by showing them that, but you are going to enrage the Republicans and make sure they go out. There's no messaging out there telling us how saving Gavin Newsom is important, that we are far ahead of the rest of the country when it comes to the COVID recovery, both health-wise and economically. Comparing California to Texas and Florida and saying under Gavin Newsom's uh, uh, leadership, with the support of the people of California, we're, we're way ahead of everybody else. That message isn't out there. The other thing that's not out there, you're not going to win this election with TV commercials. You're going to win this election by getting enough Democrats and independents to cast ballots because they are overwhelmingly opposed to the recall. And the only way you're going to actually accomplish that is with troops in the field, whether they're paid uh, workers or volunteers, knocking on doors, telling people, hey, I see you haven't turned in your ballot yet. Why don't you mark it, and I'll turn it in for you. And they're not, they haven't done that. They haven't taken a step one in that direction. It's probably too late to get, to get that done. Um, it's where they should have been two months ago, three months ago, organizing a get-out-the-vote operation to get your ballots cast. It's, you know, it's, it's another truism. Identify your voters and get them to vote. And you'll win. Don't try and convert the heathen. That's the threat of the people. Well, you, you know, I, 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 the only bright spot that I've seen recently, um, and I take this with a, a pound of salt, is the California Labor Federation claiming that they're going to have 10,000 volunteers around the state going door-to-door. You yeah. know, I, 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 mean, I, I don't glad, know. I'm, Derek, I'm, you know better than I whether, you know, well, no, they claim 10,000, sure, how they I, promise. I, how many no, because I'm sure, I'm sure 
I'm sure much of it's going to be a paid program. And um, I'm sure much of it is going to be a paid program. And I think they're going to, um, you know, this is like their big focus because with the exception of one, of, of one union that's pissed at the governor over something and another union that um, has a new president who's decided he doesn't want to engage in politics um, and, and particularly doesn't want to do anything to help Newsom, most unions in California think that this governor has been very supportive and helpful um, for the unions within the state. But, you know, Gene, I wanted to ask you, um, I wanted to ask you kind of the following. You've seen the um, Cal- uh, the University of California at Berkeley Institute of Government Studies poll. Uh, you've seen, I'm sure, the Survey USA poll. Um, and the Public Policy Institute of California poll. And, you know, these run the gamut from the Survey USA poll, which I, I mean, I honestly, I tend to discount, although they've had some lucky guesses over the years, that has Newsom down six, seven points, all the way up to the, you know, the Public Policy Institute poll that had Newsom up three points, and the Berkeley IGS had them about tied. What's your take on this variation in these polls? What does it mean, and is it really I, not I, just about... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I think it's because nobody knows who's going to vote. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, the, the polling organizations are all trying to make their best guess uh, in a vacuum. We've never had an election quite like this. Even the other recall, the the one that gave us Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor, was very, very different than this. And the uh, whether it's whichever one of the organizations you just talked about, they're trying to guess on who is actually going to vote. And that goes right back to exactly what Larry was just talking about, is you have to make sure that your people vote. And this no. probably more than any other election you've ever seen is one in which you cannot accurately predict it unless you get lucky on who's who's yeah. voting. Well well one one thing for sure is because and and I think this has this really has had an impact judging by the last few election couple of elections here in California, because everybody is mailed a ballot. Mm-hmm. It's not like the old days where we had to say, oh well, you know, Larry Levine is never going to leave his house and get to the polls unless we send somebody there with a car to, to take him there. Um, but so the ballots are ready in that person's hand. So it becomes more a question, I think, uh, of, of persuasion uh, to get them to actually fill out the ballot and then to make sure that either they put that ballot in the mail or that we have ballot collectors who go out and collect those ballots, which is, I think, to a great extent, what the pro-recall people are going to try to focus on. They're going to try to emulate the program that I first put in when I was chair in 2018, um, where we had people all over the state, and particularly in, in, in certain selected areas, where we 
knew that there was a natural hesitation to use vote-by-mail ballots to make sure that we had people who were going door-to-door to Democrats to get to help them fill out their ballots if they hadn't, and to get those ballots and collect them and turn them in. Um, Larry, what's your thought on that kind of persuasion? I have two thoughts on it. Uh, several years ago, not that many years ago, I was at home one day. I, I've been voting uh, by mail for many, many years for some funny reasons. Uh, but I always vote late. I put I mail my ballot in uh, 10, 12 days before the election because I just want I don't want everybody taking me off their, can, their campaigning list. I want to see what's happening. So here I was at home one evening getting ready for dinner, and there was a knock on the door, and it was a local local uh, city council candidate's campaign saying, hey, you know, I'm here for so-and-so, and see you haven't sent your ballot in yet. Why don't you mark it? I have a stamp. We'll get it mailed. That's what needs to be happening. That's exactly yeah, no, I agree. To yeah. be happening, that and back it up with phones, phone phone, live phones, not robocalls. There was a, a study, a, a, a research project done by the National Association of Latino Elected and Appointed Officials uh, in Colorado a few years ago. I saw the data on it; it was pretty credible. They found that in a Latino household, for instance, two live telephone contacts regardless of uh, whether it was a, a Spanish-speaking household or not, two live telephone contacts increased the probability that somebody in that household would vote by 13%. That's what this anti-recall campaign needs. They need that kind of operation to just drive out the ballots from the people who are already on their side. Instead of spending fortunes on television trying to convince the other side that they're making a mistake, or try, trying to convince the rest of us that, gee, if we don't come out, then the world is failing. They need to tell us why we should be saving Gavin Newsom, because most of the voters in California don't understand it. I mean, he has been pilloried in the press for the last two years. Um, and I, you know, even, even people, Democrats, look at it and say, well, you know, I don't particularly care for Gavin, but well, that's the kind of thing that's going to lose this election for him. No. Yeah, you know, well, the point you were making before, too, the, the, um, in any campaign for with a, a candidate, it's fine to run the negative stuff on the other side, but you also have to give people a positive reason to vote mm-hmm. for your candidate. Yep. This is exactly what you were just saying, but and that's that's not what they're doing. They're still arguing as if they could keep this recall off the ballot. They're still right. arguing against well, it being on the ballot, against the process. Right. Not, not so, against... so, 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 so there's a clear there's a clear demarcation between Democratic voters and Republican voters here. You know, studies have been done where they've actually used PET scans, uh, which are positron emission tomography scans of the brains of Democrats and Republicans and they and they use and they've often used these to test different social themes and and now voting habits or voter habits I should say and one of the things they found is that with Republicans fear is such a prime motivator which is the reason they use it so much right why is everything about oh my god if Joe Biden becomes the president you know, the earth is going to collapse. The whole world is going to collapse, and we know it. Yep. Um, but, but with Democrats, that doesn't work. 
Here's the thing that I worry about as we um, go into our break. California Democrats are urging Democratic voters to vote no on the recall question and not even vote on the second question. We don't have an alternative candidate, because uh, and, and the decision was clearly made based on what happened with um, you know, Lieutenant Governor Bustamante in 2003. And if people don't turn out enough to vote no, that means we get the worst Republican candidate, and that's likely to be Larry Elders, who has been playing a dodge game on his TV interviews, uh, declining to admit that he's a big Trump supporter. The problem is, of course, he's got uh, you know four years of a record on radio promoting Trump, supporting Trump, and lots of pictures. So um, with that, I want to uh, thank you guys. We'll, we'll go to our break, but this is Eric Bauman, host of the Uncommon Sense Democrat here on NBC Radio KCAA. I'm joined by political consultant Larry Levine and political pollster Gene Bregman, and we will be back. We will be back in just a moment after a little news and a few commercials. This is 1050 AM KCAA Loma Linda and 106.5 FM Yucaipa. You and your family want to do something for free? The Center for Spiritual Living is back, open to the public. Friday, August 13th from 5 to 8 p.m. at the Center for Spiritual Living in San Bernardino. Listen to live entertainment with New Orleans Dixieland Band and come see the beautiful antique car show. Enjoy some food, fun, music, and more. Google Center for Spiritual Living in San Bernardino for more detail. Hope to see you there. If you're looking for a full or part-time sales position and you have radio, TV, or print media experience, KCAA has a great opportunity waiting for you that pays the highest commissions in the market. KCAA is the only station in the IE that broadcasts on three frequencies, so advertisers receive three ads for one low rate. This makes KCAA a must-buy for every local business. If you're interested in a sales position with us, email CEO at KCAARadio.com. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-616-4199 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, running or not. Call 800-616-4199. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today. Call 800-616-4199. 800-616-4199. KCAA Loma Linda. This is Eric Bauman, host of the Uncommon Sense Democrat, right here on NBC Radio KCAA, AM 1015, Linda, FM 102.3 in Riverside, FM 106.5 
in Redlands. Today, I am joined by Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Political consultant and author Larry Levine and political pollster Gene Bregman. And uh, we've been talking about the recall election, but now we're going to switch to talking about some national politics. And, um, guys, i got to say this has been one hell of a week for President Biden and the Democrats in the United States Senate. And I want to start our conversation in an odd way. And this probably tells you all you need to know. Donald Trump issued a statement yesterday. You know, Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States who makes believe he's still the president of the United States, he issued the following statement. Nobody will ever understand why Mitch McConnell allowed this non-infrastructure bill to be passed. He's given up all of his leverage for the big whopper of a bill that will follow. I've quietly said for years that Mitch McConnell is the most overrated man in politics, Now I don't have to be quiet anymore. He's working so hard to give Biden a victory, and now they'll go for the big one, including the biggest tax increases in the history of our country. That sounds like somebody who doesn't like the fact that Joe Biden, who ran for president and said, I am the guy who can bring bipartisanship back who could get Democrats and Republicans to sit across the table and negotiate a deal. And they walked out of the United States Senate yesterday, having passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill, 69 votes to 30 votes, meaning that 19 Republicans voted with President Biden and the and the the Democrats for this incredible $1.2 trillion bill that will fix our roads, our waterways, our streets, bring broadband all across America, get rid of most of the lead pipes in America, and it's, it's an incredible bill. And that was followed by a vote that was held at about 3 o'clock this morning on the second half of President Biden's, President Biden's uh, agenda, <laughs> you heard, you guys caught what I almost did. <laughs> President O'Biden, President O'Biden, you guys can figure out what I, how I made him an Irishman like that. He was already an Irishman, <laughs> but President President Biden's so-called soft agenda, which is to bring incredible. Historic investments in our schools, in healthcare, in 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 broadening Medicare. Um, I mean, and just an just an amazing bill that's worth three five three point five trillion dollars if it ultimately passes as 
proposed. I suspect it'll get reined in. So having said all of that, and you can hear the excitement in my voice, which may be premature because we haven't yet dealt with the House of Representatives. That's coming next. Larry, I'll start with you. What's your reaction to all of what happened in 24 hours? It's breathtaking. I mean, the, the, the successes that this administration has rung up in its first, what, seven months, seven-plus months, uh, are, are, are just absolutely breathtaking. Uh, it's delivering on a promise. And as I, I, you know, being a campaign guy, the person who has to convince voters uh, to, to vote for my candidate, you know, I, the messaging of this administration is just incredible. It's just it's spot on. In the meantime, the Republicans are still fumbling around. They got sensible yesterday. I mean, they could have forced this to be a Democrat-only bill, which would have dug their hole even deeper. But at least they, they, at 38% of the Republicans in the Senate had some sense yesterday. Uh, and, you know, you, you Gene, uh, Gene uh, Eric, your, your first, one of your early takes on yesterday uh, involved the Cuomo story breaking at the same time and, uh, and co-opting the, uh, the media on uh, the Biden success. Uh, you know, no, it didn't. The, uh, uh, the, the, the press played this Biden success enormously when it comes out. Still going to go through the House. When it gets through the House, I mean, he'll have his victory lap. Um, and you know, it, it, they, they've got a focus on what needs to be done, and they're doing it. And, and the, the polling... Uh, in, in uh, the favorable polling of Biden is 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 solid and isn't wavering. But Gene, which, that, which, that brings which, up which goes, Jeff, goes well for the midterms next year, also, by the way. Right, but 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 I but I want to raise a point, um, Gene. Leading into yeah. this week, Biden's numbers have been slipping a little bit, in part because of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. which has turned off. The president's actions, while for people in the Democratic Party and in the and independents that left, um, was a good thing getting us out of there, although you know the consequences are apparent. But also the fact that there's inflation, prices are up. Again, today they're up 5.5% for the last month. Um, though, as the president noted, that's less of an increase than it had been. Um, What what is your sense? Do you think that the events of the last twenty four hours will actually increase his um, polling numbers, strengthen him, and strengthen the Democrats? I mean, you know how this is. Oh, and you know how divided our. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about for many months now how the most important thing for Biden was to get things done. And he's getting things done. That the Democrats can start pointing to what was done yesterday, what's going to be done in some form of reconciliation for all the, uh, which is now at three point five trillion. But as you you probably accurately said, will probably be pared down somewhat. Um, and just from you know top to bottom, the, the fact that they you know they haven't done everything. You can lay on the feet of the Republicans, but but that's that's minor compared to how much he's gotten done, and how much he's gotten done compared to the dearth of accomplishments of the previous four years. 
and the, and the total lack of any cooperation between the Republicans and the Democrats uh, during those four ye- those last four years. Uh, it's it's just wonderful, um, and I think you know the, the inflation is a danger if it doesn't go as a lot of the economists think it's going to go and gets worse. But employment is up, unemployment is down, in spite of uh, a lot of people opting out of their low-wage, high-stress jobs. Um, and it just all portends very well at you this know, in, point. In my observations during 50-plus you know, years of campaigning and 15 years as a political reporter before that, it's rare when foreign policy issues dominate the, the, the national public debate. It, you know, it's happened, of course. Watching 80-year-old 
Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, a man that I have known of and barely knew, but um, since the start of the AIDS epidemic uh, back in the 19, early 1980s, watching him tackle Rand Paul two weeks ago, when he looked at him and he demanded to have his time to respond to Rand Paul of the chair, and he said, Senator, you just don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going to put that on the record as an official statement that you don't know what you're talking yeah. about. You know, everybody thinks, oh, well, Rand, Paul, Rand, Rand, Rand Paul's a doctor. He's an ophthalmologist who, who is the, the, the crazy libertarian son of the crazy libertarian racist Ron Paul. And, you know, they're cut from the same tree. In fact, you also said if there's any anybody here who's lying, it's you, Senator. Yeah, yeah well, that's... I would be worried if the playbook said, go, go home and for the next three weeks, talk about inflation. That would bother me. But talk about Fauci? You know, you keep beating <laughs> the anti-vaxxer, anti-masker uh, drum? Good Lord, what? It, 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 you know, we're back to discussing the bad messaging of the recall campaign. You know, it's, right, right. You're not going right. to convince me, who's vaccinated and masking, <laughs> that Fauci is wrong and you, Republican, is right. Right. And, and, and let us not lose, let's not lose sight of the fact that all those Southern Republicans who are the base of people who really hate Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris are also suddenly experiencing this surge of infections and hospitalizations and deaths far exceeding the rest of the country. You heard me in my, you know, in my COVID report, more than 30%, uh, uh, 40%, I'm sorry, of all cases are coming from six Republican Southern states. Here's a question. And, and, well, wait a second. And, and by the way, the side, the side effect of that, Larry, is that the rate of voluntary vaccinations going on, in spite of those governors, but because of the surge, their vaccine, vaccination rate has gone up by over 30%. You know what I've wondered? Do they not have a recall process in those states? Probably not. Most states don't have an easy recall process. And and bear and bear in mind that Florida and Texas, particularly those two states, um, people support their governors big time. Yeah, who are who are, latest, who are who are not in the latest Florida numbers. He's tanking. Well, yes, he is. He is starting to tank, and it's fun to watch the school districts, the school boards. Yep. standing up yep. to him and see him um, getting enjoined by the courts doing various things. And, you know, in Texas, they keep getting court orders and, and they, the Republicans just keep trying to ignore them. I hope at a certain point that some judge orders him put in chains, but in cuffs. Um, before we run out of time, we have about a minute left on this segment, this portion, I should say. Um, I wanted to just uh, mention one other thing about the infrastructure bill. We haven't talked about 
what we face in the House. And we have this we, we, we have three problems going on. On the one hand, in the Senate, as we go forward with the $3.5 trillion uh, so-called soft infrastructure bill, or the, as the president calls it, Big Back Build, build Back Better bill. God, that is really a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, you have Rand Paul and Chris... I'm sorry, Rand Paul. You have uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, who are very concerned about the total level of spending. In the House, however, you have AOC and the squad and their group who actually would like to spend more and absolutely don't want to vote and are saying they will refuse to vote for the hard infrastructure bill that already, you know, that passed with 19 Republican votes in the Senate, um, and, and, and they're threatening to hold it up. And now you have moderates in the House who are saying to Pelosi, who has linked those two bills together, saying she won't bring up the hard infrastructure bill until the reconciliation bill, the big $3.5 trillion bill is brought up. Um, and they're saying, we want this thing brought up now. And Pelosi has this balancing act over there. And who knows if she can count on, you know, a half a dozen or ten of the moderate Republicans to, to support the hard infrastructure bill and push it through. So let's take one more minute on this. Um, we're running into our... In a, in a, yeah, in go ahead, fight, please. In a fight between Nancy Pelosi and AOC and the squad, my money's on Nancy Pelosi. I also think that um, uh, Alexandria Octavia Cortez is very smart. And she knows that if they were to scuttle uh, Biden's great accomplishments, they ain't going to be doing themselves any good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and she's too smart for that. That, that's That's why she actually gets all the attention, because she is so smart. Uh, and yeah. she, and I think that correctly, she's very young and has a huge and very bright future uh, in the, in politics in this country, and she's not going to mess that up by by destroying the Biden presidency yeah, and, and destroying the Democrats' of, chances for tw- in twenty twenty two to hold the House and Senate. Nancy's enough of yeah. a politician to know she just needs to give AOC and the squad some kind of victory, and they'll come on. Well, I'll, I'll I'll end this 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 topic. Move to our next topic on the following note. Pelosi was very careful how she how she said um, she would not bring up the hard infrastructure bill until the rec- so called reconciliation bill was brought what was taken up in the Senate. One could actually argue that in the way she said that, the fact that they passed the budget resolution of $3.5 trillion at 3 o'clock this morning may give her the legs to begin to take it up. Now, she has called the House back into session um, on, the, I believe it's the 17th of August, um, to take up the budget resolution, I believe it is. And um, we'll see what else happens, but just keep your eye on that. Let, let, let's flip topics. A year ago, um, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was flying high. He was probably the highest-rated Democratic governor in America. 
He was appearing on television virtually daily in promoting what seemed to be the most effective and conversant approach to managing COVID and, and, and the spread of the coronavirus and all. And things started to slip for him after a while. Um, by, by the way, but let me just finish that point by saying, and, you know, and people were already talking about him as they had, as maybe he would be the one who replaced Biden on the presidential ticket, um, or certainly might be considered the next president. And the first slippage to me started to occur when word got out that there was some kind of monkey business with the statistics of the number of people who had died in nursing homes in New York State. And, and, and then when accusations started to arise about uh, whether or not he had sexually harassed members of his staff and others, um, and at first he just, you know, kind of pushed it all away and didn't really react, then New York State Attorney General Letitia James um, issued a, what was a scathing report, um, saying that he had sexually harassed 11 women, and uh, it was quite a scathing report. And at first, his immediate response was, he's not resigning, he's, you know, he's a fighter, he's going to go all the way. And then... His, his senior staff must have been pushing him and must have been saying to him that you're going to have to resign, Governor. And I think when his chief of staff, who in the state of New York goes by the term of executive secretary, which is technically the term that California's governor's chief of staff is known by also, and in fact currently his chief of staff is using that title, executive secretary, um, when she resigned on Sunday, I think that was the turning point he knew. The jig was up, and yesterday morning he began a... He, his, he had his lawyer gave a, a presser, which she unveiled sort of like their argumentation against all of the accusations that have been made against him. Then Cuomo spoke within like two minutes afterwards, and he started out with great bravado, and he was sort of reviewing some of his accomplishments and you know, this is kind of why he's got to go forward and what have you. And the next thing, I was listening to his conversation, and I texted my cousin in New York, and I said, boy, it sure sounds like he's about to resign. And lo and behold, just like a couple of minutes later, he announced that he'd be resigning in 14 days. A bright star that had risen to the heights that was dashed and, and took a big fall. What do you guys think Number one, about that. Number two, what do you, what fallout do you think there is for the Democratic Party? And I guess there's a third point I would ask you about. The, the, the new acting governor will be his lieutenant governor, Kathy Hochul, who will be the first uh, female governor in New York State's history. Take it away. Either one even gets to go first. I, okay. Uh, Eugene and I discussed this earlier in the day, so let me take a shot at it. I, I think the issue is far greater than Andrew Cuomo. Um, you know, this kind of behavior is 
entitlement. We've seen it over and over and over again in public life. It happens repeatedly in private life. Um, it, 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 it is, a, it is a, a totally unacceptable as being too kind to it. It is an abhorrent behavior, and yet it is part of the human construct. Uh, and until we deal with that, until we start raising kids, and it's not, ex- while it's predominantly a male uh, construct, it, 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 it crosses gender lines on occasion also. And until we recognize that and go back historically to, you know, to the days of, uh, we wrote a constitution that left women out. Women have been maligned, belittled, bullied in this, this country, not only here, around the world, throughout eternity. And until we fix that, we're going to continue to have things like this happen. Because there are certain defects in certain human beings that give them a propensity to abuse the authority, abuse the power that they have as bully people. It's a weakness, it's a defect, and until we recognize that and start dealing with that as a society, this is not going to be the last time we see this. Well, Gene, I would have to yeah. ask no, you. No, I, I, I mean, there isn't much to add to that, except that this, as Larry has said, this is not something that's peculiar to just politics. It happens in, in corporate, the corporate world. I mean, there's Harvey Weinstein, is the, the famous, probably the most famous person along those lines in the entertainment industry. Um, I don't think that it has any great lasting effect on the Democrats politically. Um, uh, beyond New York, and even then, probably not if the new governor uh, handles herself well. Uh, there have been certainly numerous cases of Democratic and Republican people uh, in power have abused their power, and it's more um, the more, the effect of it is more just a general negativity towards politicians. Uh, that pervade so much of society now, and it's it's unfortunate, and it it you know it, it more it, it regresses digresses into that um, that Republican uh, line about that the, the, there's no there's no good you know what was Reagan's line that the worst words you can hear are that I'm from the government here to help you that's kind of where it fits in with that and fits in with their narrative. Um, but as far as being specifically Republican or Democrat, I don't think it makes much difference. You know, what's interesting is, you know, if a Democrat gets gets involved in, in a scandal of this kind, everybody starts yelling, Democrats start yelling, resign, 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 and ultimately he, because it's almost always a he, he resigns. If a Republican gets involved in something like this, not one single Republican will start yelling, resign. And the, the accused person just says, yes, yeah, so what? Okay, fine, talk to me about it tomorrow. And takes the attitude that, okay, the story will go away because, you know, so the Democrats are saying I should resign, so what? That's not news. Uh, and ultimately, it does go away. I mean, compare compare the, the dossier on this Cuomo incident, you know, situation, to the dossier on Donald Trump. You know, that, 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 that is a... That is a... Mm-hmm. A, a very real and legitimate point. No question about that. 
But it, 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 well, I, but I agree with Gene. The, the lasting effect on the Democratic Party, I think people look at this and they say Cuomo is a bad apple. He fooled us. Um, if you're in New York, I voted for him and he fooled me. Anywhere else, you know, gee, you know, there's another one of those politicians. What it does set up, however, is the potential for a very interesting Democratic gubernatorial primary in New York next time around. Because the Attorney General, an African-American woman, was being touted as a potential successor to Cuomo, and now all of a sudden you've got a woman, uh, a lieutenant, uh, lieutenant governor, taking over as governor. Well, that that is that is for certain, and she is quite a... Um, you know, she's got quite a history. Uh, she's a moderate Democrat, served in Congress, served in the state legislature, has served as lieutenant governor. And during her time as um, lieutenant governor, she has traveled to every one of the 57 counties in New York State, something Governor Cuomo never did. Well, guys, I want to thank you for uh, joining me today. Um, Larry Levine, political consultant and author. Gene Bregman, political pollster, good friends to this show, and it's always good to have you on. This is Eric Bauman, the Uncommon Sense Democrat, here on NBC Radio, KCAA, AM 1050, FM 102.3, FM 106.5. Eric, let's take it away with a little bit of something that celebrates what just happened yesterday. Happy days are here again. All together shout it now, it's Biden and Harris who can doubt it now, so let's tell the world about it now. Happy days are here again, your cares and troubles are gone, there'll be no Trump from now on. Happy days are here again, the skies above are KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. I'm Jessica Ettinger, CNBC. Mixed markets this afternoon on Wall Street. The Dow building on a record high at the 